it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Welcome back to Information Operation. Today we have a special guest, uh, General Mick McGuire, who is running for the U.S. Senate in the great state of Arizona. But he's also an alum of mine. He's an 87 grad from the U.S. Air Force Academy. I was a year prior. He's an F-16 pilot and has spent decades in the military in various uh, ways, in the Guard and on active duty. Welcome, General. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, Todd, and good morning. And uh, it's good to see uh, a fellow... So uh, tell us about yourself. W give us a, you know, the 30,000 foot view of who General Mick McGuire is. And, and then let's talk about your campaign. What issues are important to you? Yeah, you bet. Um, I, uh, as you mentioned, I graduated from the Academy in 87, spent four years there, got there in the summer of 83, left in 87, uh, went off to pilot training, uh, flew F-16s in the active component for 14 years in the first Gulf War, uh, uh, had the opportunity to go to uh, fighter weapon school, did all that. Uh, my active commitment and fighter weapon school commitment was up, and my wife, Debbie, and I uh, decided to relocate uh, five months before 9-11 uh, to uh, back home to Arizona. I'm a fourth generation in Arizona, and I was flying F-16s as a full-time instructor uh, down in Tucson at the 162nd Fighter Wing uh, and spent uh, about uh, 12 and a half years there. Uh, you know, had the uh, humbling opportunity to be moved to the grade of uh, one-star general, was the wing commander there for the largest fighter wing in the Guard. And then in 2013, we had some misconduct up at the state headquarters. And uh, Todd, you know, hadn't had any experience with the Army prior to that. And Governor Brewer mm -hmm. brought me up to be commanding general of 8,300 soldiers and airmen. I spent eight years as wow. a commanding general of the Guard and uh, uh, the state emergency manager. You know, and on the personal side, my wife, Debbie, uh, promised me that she would come to our academy graduation if I graduated. We weren't, hadn't dated in high school. I'd known her since the ninth grade. I sent her one of my 25 graduation announcements. You know what that's like. Each cadet gets 25 graduation announcements. I sent her one, and she showed up. We well, hadn't dated when we were cadets, and uh, you know, here we are almost 35 years later. She's still with me, so that's good. we got three daughters. They're uh, 31. 28 and 21 and two grandkids. Well, that's a great story. So, uh, look, there's a lot to unpack in the military, what's going on globally, uh, you know, the election. First, let's tell us what issues are important to you, and then we can dig down in some of the other things. Yeah. Um, so I think the question I get asked most often, Todd, is why am I running? And I think for your viewers, it's quick to understand that. Um, I was a commanding general of the Guard, as I mentioned, on January 8th, uh, 2021. That was two days after the incident on January 6th. 
mm -hmm. I was asked to send 6% of the formation fully armed with live ammunition into D.C. I asked the Secretary of Defense, a guy by the name of Chris Miller, General Milley was on the mm -hmm. phone, the other commanding generals of the states and territories. Had the president invoked the Insurrection Act? The answer was no. Uh, had he uh, declared emergency for civil unrest or riot? The answer again was no. And I asked, uh, did they designate this group a terrorist organization? And the answer again was no. That mattered, Todd, because uh, those are the only three ways it's legal to use soldiers in a federal status against the citizens of this country. You and I went to basic training at the academy and we were taught mm -hmm. that we follow legal, moral, ethical orders. But if yes. what you're asking me to do isn't legal, I can't judge the morality or efficacy of it. Much to my dismay, Todd, I was the only commanding general of any of the states to say no. And 26,000 wow. of the guardsmen from other states and territories descended on DC under the command and control of their governors and what is tantamount to either a coup or an invasion. I told my wife, I said, look, you know, I've been wearing the cloth of the nation blind to the political proclivities of any of the individuals out there, um, but we can't have unelected bureaucrats be able to move an entire corps worth of soldiers without proper legal orders. And she said, what are you gonna do about it? I said, well, we just lost two seats in Georgia. We have a 50-50 Senate. I'm gonna run to be the 51st vote in the US Senate. And she said, you've never run for dog catcher before. I said, well, <laughs> That's true, but you met me in the ninth grade and you showed up at my academy graduation and you're still here. So she has a level <laughs> of faith uh, in this faith family duty paradigm that probably exceeds mine. So uh, I've been running for 11 months and you asked about issue. The number one issue in the great state of Arizona is the border. I mean, I was the commanding general of the guard on January 20th, 2021, when Biden was sworn in. Uh, on the morning of the 21st, I came in, Todd, and we had a memo, an executive order that said, zero out the funding for 1,030 soldiers and airmen assigned to support Border Patrol, Immigration Services, and ICE in Arizona. We called them immediately and shut that operation down. Also shut down any assistance to what was already funded construction projects on the border. said that there would be no there would be no uh, mutual aid afforded these law enforcement entities. It is the ultimate uh, defund the police idea. You don't defund them, mm -hmm. you just cut them off and say they can't request mutual aid. And since that time, you've seen what's happened in the media on the border, and it has gone from a real problem to complete lawlessness. And I tell people, you know, I told you before this started, I've never felt the threat of the Republic pulled tighter. And the, and the rule of law is the only thing that separates us from those countries in Eastern Europe that you talked about. Yeah. And if we walk away from the rule of law and we begin to pick and choose what laws we follow, it's not a matter of if, but when this republic comes apart at the seams. So I'm in this race because we've got to try to stop that. We've got to try to stop that immediately. When is the election in Arizona? Uh, the primary is August 2nd, so we've got a primary August 2nd. Uh, there's mm -hmm. four of us primarily got two self-funders uh, and a guy who is currently the attorney general. Um, I'm the only non-self-funder and uh, non-previously elected official. CNN asked me a question the week I announced. They said, General, you're up against two self-funders and a uh, guy that's been elected statewide twice. He said, what's your advantage? said, so the question uh -huh. answers itself. Arizona entered the Republic in 1912. We've never elected a self-funder to statewide office. And if we wow. had such an appetite for previously elected officials, why have three of the four of us never run for dog catcher? 
And the CNN reporter said to me, well, wait a minute, you're the only non-self funder who's never run for office. And I said, see how easy it is to work for CNN? Well, <laughs> a little, uh, you know, critical yeah, thinking education. Give it right back to him. Um, so uh, let's talk about international issues. I mean, I, I think we're on the same page as far as the uh, so-called yeah. insurrection, insurrection or whatever. But uh, um, and uh, yeah. and I assume I, I assume you're you're not happy with how the election turned out in Arizona. Do you want to talk about that real quick before we move on as far as the 2020 election? Yeah, to me, the biggest thing right now, and we're working on a piece right now, the biggest thing to me, Todd, is that in in the rule of law, you have to have uh, uh, what I'm going to call the smoke uh, in a court of law. And to me, the biggest evidentiary standard that needs to be criminally investigated in Arizona is this fact. I was commanding General of the Guard in 2016 and again in 2020. In the 2016 election, we had 1,600, just over 1,600 military absentees overseas ballots. Mm -hmm. In the 2020 election, we had 10,450 some odd ballots. We did not have an eightfold increase in deployments. We did not have an eightfold uh, increase in overseas recruiting from the active component. Um, and Ironically, these are the only ballots in Maricopa County that were allowed to be counted with no chain of custody. So you had military members that could take a photo of their ballot. They could email it in. They could send it in. Now, you and I were raised to be held to a, a, a high standard to wear the privilege and the cloth of the, to have the privilege of wearing the cloth of the nation. I want to know why 95% of those votes went for Biden. Yeah. And why we allowed, quote unquote, military members, if they were such a thing or somebody just taking a photo of a ballot, why we did not count them. You know, the, the issue is always disenfranchisement. I want to know who authorized that, why they authorized that. I think that's probably your strongest evidentiary case to begin um, uh, a move out with a, a, a criminal investigation. One of my mm -hmm. opponents, the attorney general, is the guy that should investigate that. Well, the issue, Todd, is this. If you're the if you're the attorney general and you signed a sworn affidavit to certify this election to send electors to the Electoral College and you now are going to claim that you want to pursue people for fraud, the, the problem that you have is if the Democratic secretary of state is who you're pursuing, claiming that she allowed this or the Democratic county recorder here in Maricopa County, mm -hmm. the question the judge is going to ask is you signed the same affidavit. So are you complicit in the fraud? If so, join the defense. If not, you got to drop the charges. So that's why we're kind of on this hamster wheel in Arizona about no one taking action. So uh, I, it's obvious that the election is going to swing for the Republicans. And to me, I worry about they're trying to gin up issues outside of that in order to either stop the election or do something in order to remain in power. I see Ukraine as one, one of those issues. Uh, I've spent a lot of time over there, and frankly, I, I don't mind helping them, uh, to, you know, prevent Russia gaining more territory. But I don't see it as a a fight that American troops need to be involved in. What, what is your thoughts on that? I agree. We, I don't see us being involved in any kinetic way. You know, mm -hmm. we talk about investment of blood and treasure. 
Uh, I was one of the first people to come on to say, you know, we had a partnership. You, I'm sure if you've traveled in Eastern Europe, you understand mm -hmm. all those spinoff countries that uh, when the wall came down, we won the Cold War, you know, the Czech Republic, Slovakia, obviously Poland is, is set mm -hmm. up now, Hungary, Ukraine, and then around in our partner was Kazakhstan. And mm -hmm. so we travel back and forth to Kazakhstan routinely. And I tell people, you know, once folks have had a taste of liberty and freedom, they're not going to surrender. You know, now you said you're yeah. in special operations. You know that there's going to be kinetic operations happening and a siege of the city or bombing and shelling with indirect fire is a real thing, but that's not going to win the hearts and minds. And Correct. so the question right now is we need to have leadership in this country that can bring a ceasefire about and look to try to find a diplomatic solution because there's no, there is no, uh, outcome where we get ourselves involved militarily that just doesn't devolve into a long-range protracted engagement. And we just saw what happened in Afghanistan. Yeah. You know, I was asked about Afghanistan deploying guardsmen over there for eight years as the commanding general. And I said, we didn't fight a 20-year war. We fought 20 consecutive one-year wars, hmm. right? Each one had a beginning, a middle, and an end for the folks that were there. And uh, if you don't know where you're going, any road would take you there. So I would strongly encourage all leaders, starting with the president, who I believe is derelict in his duty because of what's happening at the border, yeah. uh, uh, to immediately begin to show leadership on this issue, bring the parties to the table, try to find a negotiated settlement quickly. We can provide them military aid, which we should. Uh, how much and how how long we do that for needs to be debated by the Senate because they use the power of the purse. But uh, we don't abandon them. But they are they are going to be uh, in a situation where if we try to make this just a military conflict, it's going to last a long time. The longer it goes, the further east it moves, the more the logistics and sustainment will favor Putin. And I don't think anybody wins in that scenario. Yeah, my, my problem is I don't think Biden wants to win. I think he wants to drain us forever. But uh, what do you think about sending $40 billion over there for five months while we can't have baby formula and the southern border is wide open? Yeah, I mean, the, the priority right now has to be our people. You know, we've gone through all these debates, Todd. Think about mm -hmm. all that's happened at our southern border. We have mm -hmm. 8,000 people a day being apprehended in one small sector in Yuma, 8,000 a day. The estimate is yeah. if Title 42 gets repealed, that could go up to 25,000 a day. Arizona has a population mm -hmm. of about seven and a half million people. Imagine absorbing, absorbing basically 10% of your population in a year and the strain yeah. that puts on resources. And we have brothers and sisters in arms that are living under bridges, yet we're uh, expediting money uh, to illegals to provide them transport, to provide them housing to provide them baby formula while our own folks can't have baby formula. So yeah, there needs yeah. to be a debate about it, about how much, but the biggest thing is in an America first kind of an agenda, you have to prioritize the needs of your citizens first. doesn't mean that you ignore the Ukraine, but I think one of the problems with spending right now, and you said you worked on wall street is these guys mm -hmm. are living on a credit card. They're print Big red time. ink and they don't have to be responsible at all for the red ink they print. Yes. And Think about it. They're they're talking about 40 billion. And, you know, the bill for the wall and what a proposal I would look at is to fully complete it, reactivate the OH-58 helicopters. And you're a helicopter guy to do the surveillance, especially mm -hmm. out here in the 390 miles of open desert that we have and then begin to do the enforcement 
is a $6 billion bill, yet we're going to spend $40 billion overnight. Yeah. We can't squeeze out $6 billion. Does that make sense to you as a Wall Street guy? No, it doesn't. And uh, let's talk about the leadership in the Senate that's pushing this. Um, would you, you, you say you're an America first kind of guy, which we are here at CD Media. Um, how would you, would, would you wouldn't vote for this type of package, but where are you on the leadership that, that continues to push these bills through? Yeah. What I keep saying to people is, listen, when I show up, we'll shut the government down if it's required before I'll vote for anything till we get mm -hmm. the 6 billion we need here in Arizona for this issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the, the Arizona voters and the voters of this nation are prioritizing 52% the border. Yeah. And you know how it works with reconciliation. Yeah. I would vote for no leadership package from anybody, regardless of who runs, unless I get an absolute assurance as the 51st vote that that money will be prioritized, marked as untouchable, and put through in a reconciliation package. Otherwise, I'm not voting. And they say, well, we'll shut the government down then. Todd, I was a commanding general of the Guard under Obama during the longest government shutdown in the history of our country, 12 days. Mm -hmm. I would mm -hmm. say that was the 12 most peaceful days of my career. Yeah. So, so that's the leverage they use. So again, in a power relationship, the person that cares the least has the most power. Well, um, let's say we do get through the election. And how do we take the country back from a... Let's say we regain power, at least in the Congress, the military especially. Um, we have some people who are making decisions, I don't think, for the for the United States of America. I, I think they're working for somebody else, whether it's another country or some kind of allegiance. So how do we purge that, for lack of a better word? Well, I, I've been asked this a lot on the campaign trail. Mm -hmm. I'd put it at 92.8. Uh, 92 percent mm -hmm. of our great soldiers, sailors, airmen, marine, coast guardsmen, the rest are uh, great patriots who understand that they take an oath to the Constitution blind to the mm -hmm. proclivities of any of the parties. But there is a, a very effective problem that we have in D.C., and that is that 23 mm -hmm. cents on the dollar remain inside 50 nautical miles. And you've yeah. seen what's happening with all of this promotion of advancing of programs about diversity, equity, and inclusion that is walks past the idea of critical thought, challenging the assumptions and diversity of ideas, and makes it about all these immutable characteristics, which flies in the face of everything that we know. The I, I said in one of these interviews, I said the military's got to get back to focusing on being the best at putting warheads on foreheads and mm -hmm. less fighting about shots in arms. Yeah, You know, I, I was commanding general. We you remember when we were serving, we started to go to this advent beyond what I'm going to call genetically stable uh, organisms like polio, smallpox, mm -hmm. yellow fever, the things that we were vaxxed for. And we started getting flu shots every year. Yeah. Okay. Not one time when I was a commanding general did I have 100% of my soldiers or airmen get the flu shot. You know how many guys I kicked out for not getting the flu shot? I would zero. imagine zero. Yeah. Zero. Now, all of a sudden, we're walking away from 25,000 service members, 25,000 service members, an entire core nearly of soldiers yeah. across the spectrum because they won't get the flu shot. Does that make sense? Well, how do we hold these? The, 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 you know, I know there's UCMJ issues, and it's, but at some point, it's an illegal order because they still don't have you know, approval of the actual vaccine they're giving. Right. And it, right. it's... Uh, 
to me, someone has to be held accountable, not just for the vaccine issues, but for the CRT. I mean, they're pushing yeah. Marxism. So let's right. move that to the academies, to our, our alma mater. I've been yeah. very vocal against General Clark because I think he's pushing garbage to our troops, uh, right. to our cadets. Um, but what, what, how, let's talk about the service academies. How do we regain them? Because they've lost their purpose. Now they're just indoctrination centers. Right. Well, we got we got two problems there. Let's start with the comment you made about mm -hmm. how do we get to the leadership thing mm -hmm. with Millie. You remember all the discussions about China and, and all the rest and, and imagine right. me being on the other side of the dais. My right. my first recommendation to all the people serving is if you believe that an officer is guilty of um, mutiny or sedition, uh, mm -hmm. you under the Title 10 UCMJ code can prefer charges. And I think he needs to face a tribunal of his peers and he mm -hmm. needs to resign. I've called for him to resign immediately because the public has lost confidence. Just like you as a military guy, when you lose a squadron commander, a wing commander, whatever, mm -hmm. the, the official position was always what, Todd? We've lost confidence. We yeah. have lost confidence. So I believe that the military needs to deal with that issue with officers under due process, allow each of them to face the music for due process and work it, it out. Relative to the mm -hmm. academies, the Senate has a clear role here in appropriation of money. We need to have hearings with all these superintendents and talk about why we are not focusing on war fighting and development of the most ready, capable and critical thinking officers without making this about indoctrination yeah. and an extremist model, right? You remember when we were cadets, the, the first advent of the term extremism occurred back in the 70s with environmental extremists. You mm -hmm. remember all the things we saw with environmental extremists that gives rise to uh, religious extremism, political extremism, and now has morphed into this academic extremist. We need to walk away from the idea of civilianizing these military academies because the reason yeah. they exist to build professional officers, it's not to be competing with civilian institutions, and the focus needs to not be not to win football games. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so, so that's that's what I would focus on. So we could look at suspending funding, cutting mm -hmm. funding to programs, cutting funding to programs by line item in the defense budget. And uh, you know, people have asked me. Uh, where I might find myself should I arrive there. And I would see myself on first on the Armed Services Committee, having some hearings about that. And the other group I'm very concerned about here in Arizona, in a state that you know personal property rights is much of what the Constitution is faced on. 83% of our land is owned by public entities in the great state of Arizona. Right. I, I'm, I'm willing to jump into the fight with all these environmental extremists that want to cut off our ability to uh, produce oil, to be a world leader in energy and, and to fight the, the, the climate change extremists that are just pushing us into fights that uh, are going to invariably bankrupt the country. Uh, as far as the, the Air Force Academy is concerned, I completely agree with you on the energy issues. I mean, that's that's, that's a whole other issue. Maybe we can have you back on down the road and, and talk more in depth about that. But, uh, you know, the Academy is a a pet project of mine because I, I went there for our 30th reunion and the discipline was non-existent. The fourth class system had been eviscerated. Uh, you know, we, you would walk into a cadet room as a grad and they wouldn't even get up and say hello. I mean, in, in our day, 
that was just unheard of. So the respect, the military bearing, the discipline, the, you know, they used to teach us the fourth class system was to allow you to learn attention to detail and to persevere and to deal under stress. They're not getting that now. Right. So um, we have to find a way to in install that back. Maybe we bring the cadre back. I don't know. Well, we, we've got to read. Somebody asked me one day, it was kind of mm -hmm. a, when I was serving, they said, sir, what do you think the problem is with the Pentagon? And I said, well, mm -hmm. you could bomb it all day long from the outside with mortar shells, you know, hypothetically, but you really got to blow it up from the inside out. And, yeah. and really, one of the things that I said is you got to reinstill some sense of decorum and protocol to the place. Mm -hmm. For mm -hmm. example, I visited there uh, with both Governor Brewer, who appointed me, and Governor Ducey at different times. Yeah, Governor, we're a republic of independent, sovereign states. We are not a democracy, Todd. Yeah. We are not. Yeah. Governor of a state shows up, they act like just some Joe. Yeah. Yeah, no. and you look at the protocol book, when you do an event, a military event inside the state of Arizona, in order of precedence, it goes president of the United States, mm -hmm. recognized head of foreign government, so prime minister of another country, number two, vice president of the United States, governor of that state. Yeah. Yet if you walk around that place, it's all about who's the deputy undersecretary to the assistant secretary. They, they get all excited when they show up. It's all federalized. Yeah. Yes, yes. They, they, the Democrats want to erase the lines between the states. I'm in the party that believe the lines between the states matter. Yeah, it's really this simple. We're fighting to save the Constitution. We are on the side, Todd, that believes the United States plural with two S's is the title. The other side wants it to say United State of America. Right. Well, General, that's uh, I could talk to you all day long <laughs> about different issues, but let's have you back on down the road, uh, you know, as we get closer to the primary and and talk yeah. about how things are going. But I, I think we think a lot on a lot of things. And uh, I appreciate you coming on today and uh, articulating very well your views. Thank you very much. Yeah, we'll get all your listeners and all your supporters. Like I said, I'm up against two self-funders. The guys, they need to go to ipickmick.com if they care about okay. saving the republic. To get the 51 votes, you got to flip Arizona. We're going to send old Mark Kelly. He's the woke guy from the Merchant Marine Academy. We'll send him back to space. Bezos needs a driver. They're going to make a one. <laughs> Who, who's your tomorrow. competition in the in the in the primary? Uh, it's a young man named Blake Masters, a uh -huh. solar company executive, who sold his company, uh, a solar uh, company, and he's running. Uh, and then uh, the current AG, a guy named Mark Burnovich. So we'll, uh, we'll you got a special home here at CD Media, so we'll we'll help push you through. Uh, All right, man, get them to go to ipickmick.com. It's right there on my thing. One of these sides, I got. No, I got you. You got it. There you go. All right. All good. Thank, take care, you. General. Thanks See a lot.